0: Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr.
1: Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider.
2: Today's episode of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including how to credibly cross-examine comprehensive sexuality education.
1: That's right, George. If you're a parent and want to be equipped with all the facts and statistics about CSE's failure, not just in the U.S., but also globally, you don't want to miss this episode.
2: We have an important announcement that we'll make here at the beginning, but also at the end of this episode. Do uh, you want to fill us in on what's exciting here at POK?
1: Yes. Um, for, for those of you who are in Southern California, on August the 29th, from 630 to 930, we are going to be holding a conference, a Protect Our Kids conference to educate parents and concerned citizens uh, about what's going on in the public schools. Uh, this is going to be held at Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. Uh, you can go to their website and look for the registration information. It's cc-ea.org. And I think there's still seating available. We've got some wonderful guest speakers who are going to be joining us. So we would just encourage our audience, if they can make that trip up to Orange County, to do so.
2: Yeah, and I would also just highlight that if you have questions, please come prepared with questions because there will be a panel with a Q&A towards the end. And those are always very helpful because we get questions from all over the place on things we've we learn about all the time.
1: That's right. So uh, we encourage you again, please make time to uh, join us for that conference. But today, George, we're going to be talking about uh, some studies that we have uncovered that you personally have spent a lot of time reviewing. Um Specifically, two important reports by two individuals, uh, a Dr. Stan Weed and Irene Erickson. Now, we've been aware of these folks for some time in POK, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about their background and uh, why they're important for this discussion.
2: Sure. So, Dr. Stan Weed and, and Ms. Irene Erickson, uh, they run the Institute for Research and Evaluation And just a little bit of background on the the two of them. Dr. Steenweed, he's a PhD, uh, completed it from the University of Washington in 1978 uh, in the field of social psychology. He He also taught graduate and undergraduate courses in this field, but his primary professional and research interest has been in the social problems and preventative programs related to adolescence, which means teen pregnancy, drug abuse, and delinquency. So he has done some amazing scholarly work uh, and research in this area together with his colleague, um, Irene Erickson. She holds a Master's of Science in Educational Psychology from the University of Utah. Um, And she has authored or co-authored many papers on the effectiveness of sex education programs, Um, including articles that have published in peer-reviewed journals. Um, And really, both of them like to look at the metadata of these CSE programs that claim to be effective. uh, And they they poke around in there and and see, is it actually true?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're they're journalist, reporter, scientists. They really dig into the details, uh, specifically for our topic of, is CSE, comprehensive sexuality education, effective? And they spent a lot of time uh, reviewing this question and the conclusions that they've come to um, are not encouraging for people that, put stock in CSC as a training mechanism to prevent sexually transmitted diseases and, and things of that nature. In fact, George, it looks like they came out with two specific reports, one for the U.S. and, and one for international.
2: Correct. So if you just Google the Institute for Research and Evaluation, uh, you'll find it then very easily it, it pops up in the first two uh, search uh, things there. And these reports are titled Reexamining the Evidence for Comprehensive Sexuality Education. Uh, they were published in 2017 and 2018, so they're very recent. Um, and they basically looked at the metadata of, you know, studies upon studies, hundreds of them, um, that uh, spanned over the last two decades.
1: And how does the Institute for Research and Evaluation play into this?
2: So, what what they do, what they specialize in, um, as as kind of I read some of the bio from Dr. Weed and and Ms. Erickson, um, they specifically like to go and play and dabble in the area of um, you know government-sponsored CSE programs, Mm -hmm. and uh, for. For many of us, uh, this is probably our first time hearing something like this, but this is where I was really just baffled by um, always wondering, where's the money coming from for all of these curricula development, all these nonprofit profit organizations that seem to be everywhere around the country? Yeah. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, under the Obama administration, under his first term in, back in 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. they established a program called the Teen Pregnancy Prevention Program. And they claim, and I get this right off their website, um, they they established this program under a very interesting division of the Health and Human Services called Office of Population Affairs. Oh, isn't that interesting?
1: (laughs) Carefully chosen words.
2: Yes. And this is what they state in their, uh, in their About Us section. Since its creation in 2010, the OPA TPP program has served more than 1.4 million young people across 41 states, Washington, D.C., and the Marshall Islands. Currently, the TPP program serves nearly 250,000 young people per year. This program has trained more than 11,000 professionals and establish partnerships with more than 3,600 community-based organizations across the United States each year. Now, I I went into, because they have all the grants that they give um, right there online, Mm -hmm. we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, given to these 3,600 community-based organizations. This is a lot of money that is being funneled, taxpayer money, into left-leaning organizations that are basically hurting our kids and abusing them with CSE. Uh,
1: ostensibly for the purpose of preventing teen, teen pregnancy. And by the title of their, their office here, the office, office of Population Affairs, maybe it should be better named Office of Population Control, you know. Anecdotally, here, George, the irony is, uh, America now is facing what's called a demographic winter. Yep. People are not marrying today, and because they're not marrying, you know that neither are they they having children, um, and so the older population is getting older and older, and we're not backfilling with younger people to sustain our economy. Um, our society, our culture, uh, it, it's its quite alarming. It's not just a U.S. phenomenon. It's a worldwide phenomenon. So I, I just find it interesting that we have a government program that's trying to control our population, but, but not in a way that's really beneficial to society, is it?
2: I agree. I agree.
1: So, George, um, uh, Stan Weed, Dr. Stan Weed and Irene Erickson, they specifically um, looked at, Three studies, right? Um, the U.S. Teen Pregnancy Prevention Program. That is that one of them. So these What's are called three TPP. Sources. These are three sources for the material.
2: Correct. So the U.S. Teen Pregnancy Prevention Program, the U.S. CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, and then UNESCO, which is the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. So these are like your three most authoritative governmental bodies um, nationally and globally uh, that have been pushing CSE. And so they've been, you know, supporting these 3,600 community-based organizations. Wow. And so these organizations, when they get this grant funding, have to provide results. Yes. Back to the, you know, to their grantor, which is the government. Of course. And so what Dr. Stan Weed and Irene Erickson wanted to do is, okay, let's take out of the 600-plus studies they found in these three sources, and they said, let's choose the top studies that they keep on touting, that CSC proponents keep on touting.
1: Which is roughly 10% of them, right?
2: About 10% of them. They ended up choosing 60 of them. Uh And they said, okay, with these... Basically, these are your Goliaths that you're going to throw at us. Right. Let's evaluate them okay. and see what we come up
1: with. So each one of these agencies has conducted, I guess, an extensive review of all the credible studies of CSC conducted in the U.S. during a certain time frame, right? What What was that time frame? Do we know?
2: So the time frame is uh, spanning almost a couple of decades. It, it went up to 2015 because 2016 and 2017, uh, Dr. Stan Weed and Irene Erickson reviewed all the metadata. It took them a couple of years to go through it. And then in 2018, they published their findings. I
1: see. Okay. Now, I, I guess we should talk about the effectiveness of this, this program, right? And how do, how do we measure that?
2: Yeah, so uh, the measuring the effectiveness is a, the interesting part because this is what we're all after, right? Um, so we look for positive and negative effects that these programs cause. So everything from reducing teen pregnancy, reducing STDs or STIs, um, um, helping kids remain um, you know, delaying sexual initiation, Consistent condom use, or just any condom use whatsoever, um, or reduction in unprotected sex. Mm. Um, so th- there are quite a few, um, you know, criteria that are spelled out, and it would, it's going to be very interesting as we get into these 60 studies and analyze them against this criteria to see if they actually met the criteria or not.
1: So examples of key protective indicators, I guess, would be like delay of sexual initiation, um, increased condom use, uh, decreased pregnancy or STD rates, things like that. Right. Right. Those those are the categories that uh, that they looked at. So, George, maybe you can help to. Walk us through what um, Dr. Weed and Irene Erickson discovered in looking at these different studies.
2: So for for parents and concerned citizens out there, once you go into their report, there is Table 2 in the appendix, which summarizes the evidence um, that they found out of these 60 studies. And it, globally, they analyzed 108 studies, but we'll focus on the ones they studied here in the U.S., the 60. So this table is very simple. Um, it has every one of these criteria listed up top in the columns. And then down below, you can see out of those 60 studies, if they even measured that criteria, you know, period, uh, and then the ones that actually did measure the criteria, uh, it ranks them by positive effect, no effect, or negative effect. Mm. And so remember, if you want to make the claim that CSE is improving and helping our young people, it has to show positive effect. It can't show that nothing happened right, uh, or that something bad happened. So th- this is where you get into the meat of um, the report, and this is where we as parents need to use this data and arm ourselves when we go back to our school boards, when we set up meetings in our community to talk about CSE, uh, when we set up our one-on-one meetings with our teachers, with our superintendents, even with our elected officials. Uh, Take this table with you and show them the, the egregious failure of CSE and what it's actually doing to young people.
1: And is it easy to get this table? <laughs>
2: Very easy. Once you Google the Institute for um, Research and Evaluation, it's going to come right up. in On their website, you'll quickly be able to see both of these two studies within, like, a clip or two.
1: Yeah, this is really powerful. The, there's nothing stronger than uh, comprehensive data. It's hard to argue with it, particularly when it comes from reliable sources. And uh, it, Dr. Weed and uh, and Ms. Erickson, they, they've done the work for us. And so all you need to do is pull this down. And this could be very effective in school board meetings and things like that. So, George, let's, let's take some examples Of what they found. Um, For example, in reduced teen pregnancy, um, I I guess they looked, these studies looked at uh, the, the effect of reducing teen pregnancy by virtue of all these studies over a period of one year, 12 months, and then they looked at any duration. Right. If there was any positive result, any reduction in teen pregnancy, for example.
2: Exactly. Could have been three months or six months. We don't know. They just said if these studies out of these 60 measured any of these durations. And what's interesting is that 54 of these studies did not even measure at least 12 months. So you even consider that.
1: This is one of the most important. These are the 60 of the most important studies. Ostensibly, they're supposed to review this material, right? This, right. this is the data they're looking at. And what we're finding here is that 54 out of 60 didn't even me- measure this criteria, Correct. reduction in teen pregnancy.
2: So then out of the six that actually measured over 12 months, you know, this criteria on reducing teen pregnancy, all six, show to have no
1: effect say what
2: this is a say what moment this is like ludicrous how people can claim that CSE is having a positive effect on reducing teen pregnancies out of their top 60 studies that they have this is as denoted by them by the tpp by the cdc you know It's not us just picking any random 60. Right. These are their Goliaths. All six showed no effect. And 54, that means 80% of these studies did not even look at this criteria.
1: That's amazing. So six out of six, no effect whatsoever. Yep. Okay, so that's a pretty important criteria, reduced teen pregnancy. And what they've discovered so far is that CSC has had no impact whatsoever on reducing teen pregnancy. What about the next category, reduce sexually transmitted diseases? Now,
2: this one's even more ridiculous. This one, you could fall off your chair. (laughs) Because out of the 60 studies, 59 did not even measure the reduction of STDs over 12 months, and 58 didn't even measure over any duration of time period. That's it like 99% of the studies didn't even look at STDs, and yet they claim that CSE is reducing STDs. So guess, guess what? Out of all of these studies, so 59 didn't even measure it, so one measured it, right? That one that measured it showed no effect. Once
1: again, no effect. Once
2: again, no effect. And even out of the two that looked at reduction of STDs over any time period, no effect. So your two biggest things, reduction of teen pregnancies and reduction of STDs, both show that their studies overwhelmingly didn't even look at this, so they can't even claim that CSE is effective in these two categories. And secondly, the very few that actually looked at it showed no effect.
1: And once again, just for our audience to understand, these are the studies that the government is relying on to make their case that CSE is effective. Wow. Truly a say-what moment. Well, let's go on to the the next category, which is abstinence, uh, delayed sexual initiation. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a big surprise, but uh, let's talk about this one.
2: So this one, uh, it's starting to get a little bit better uh, because, especially the other side, it it really is um, against abstinence-based curricula. Mm -hmm. So they... Are gung-ho about trying to prove that TSE delays sexual initiation. Uh, that's their version of abstinence, right? So, out of the 60 studies, only 28 actually measured delayed sexual in- initiation over a 12-month period. right? Um, and then 10 went beyond that and looked at just any period whatsoever. So, <laughs> When you look at those studies, what you will see is that out of the 32 that ended up measuring over the 12-month period, four found a positive effect, 27 found a negative, uh, a no effect whatsoever, and one showed a negative effect. So out of the 32 that actually measured delayed sexual initiation, we have almost 90% of them showing no effect or negative effect
1: it's incredible george and we and we see consistent uh, trend lines here for the other four categories right condom use Um, any condom use at all, reduction in unprotected sex, uh, dual benefit, abstinence, and condom use. Do we want to address any particular uh, data here?
2: You know, just one here, the consistent condom use, because the CDC emphasizes this phrase, consistent and correct use. And they use that to tout these high percentages Uh, of reduction in teen pregnancy and in STDs, STIs, HIV, AIDS, when you consistently and correctly use a condom. Yeah. Now, most adults don't consistently and correctly use a condom, let alone expecting teens to do that in the heat of a moment. right? Right, right. And so on this category, 54 out of the 60 studies didn't even measure this criteria. Fifty four out of sixty studies didn't even measure consistent condom use over a twelve month period. So then out of the six that did measure, five showed no effect. One showed a positive effect over those twelve months. So again, it's showing a over eighty percent failure in showing that CSE is actually helping.
1: Why isn't this information, this data being broadcast a- across school boards across the country?
2: That's what I've asked myself. And, and, Mark, you know, you and I are here in Orange County, California, and just recently we had this forum yes. that the Orange County Board of Education put together to inform parents on what's coming out, right, on the ethnic study side. Well, three years ago, they did the same thing for CSE. Dr. Stanweed was there. He was one of the expert panelists. And he presented speaking. some of this data. He presented a lot of this data. It was a jaw-dropping moment. I was there. I was inside. I was outside. It was standing room only. Even outside, they had to bring tables and chairs for parents to sit. And I'm telling you, parents were listening with their mouth wide open, shocked, shocked, at what Dr. we presented. I'm not
1: surprised. Well, we need to ask ourselves some tough questions based on this evidence. Number one, why are the results so different from common perceptions of CSC's success? Why are CSC programs in schools so ineffective? And why were there so many findings of a negative effect?
2: Those are questions that our CSC proponents but especially school board members who hold school administrators accountable when they bring in CSE curricula. They need to ask these questions, and they don't.
1: You know, the fact that these, this data, this empirical evidence flies in the face of what the proponents of CSC keep keep touting shows you that this is really, there's a different agenda at work. It, it's not about uh, reducing teen pregnancy, reducing STDs. There's an ulterior motive, isn't there, George? There is. There
2: definitely is. And as we've explored it with the whole sexual rights movement, we've done a video about that. It's on our website. Um, parents, it is so important to please get educated and we will be talking a lot about this topic, Mark, and something that is coming up here very shortly, a conference for POK, right?
1: Which we hope you will join Again, that's uh, August the 29th at Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. Um, And it's from 6.30 to 9.30. You can find your registration information on our website at protectourkidsnow.org. And we hope to see you soon. And until next week, uh, thank you for joining us for this episode
0: of Say What? Take care.